Welcome to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. On behalf of myself, Professional Sutton, Chris G., The Rocket Report, and SP, we appreciate you for tuning in. Don't Shoot the Messenger is an unfiltered, unedited, opinionated sports podcast. Our goal is to enlighten and to spread knowledge about the things that are current in sports. Now, we're not going to sit up here and say that we are a news because we're not. Our views isn't to sway you politically, but definitely in the sports realm, we definitely want you to be on our side. We have fun and we love what we do. Since this is your first time, or maybe it might be your eighth time or even 20th time, we want you to experience the listening pleasure as if it was your very first time. So if you like what you hear, please like and subscribe all over podcast platforms. Also, if you have Facebook, you can go to your Facebook and type in Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast, where you can like and also follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, Real DSTM, and also on Twitter, Real DSTM1. And we are bringing this unedited, unadulterated, and fun podcast everywhere podcasts are sold or told or however you want it. But again, thank you so much for subscribing and listening to the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for clicking on the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast link. I'm your boy, Professional Sutton. On behalf of Chris G, the Rocky Report SP, we want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to our podcast. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast is a very opinionated, entertaining sports podcast where we give you the real, the authentic, and everything in between. This podcast is not like ESPN, Fox One, where we're going to be politically correct. Now, we, do, we are not trying to bash anyone. Our goal is not to make anyone feel bad, but we do want to sway you to be on our side. So that's why we said team needed. This is not news. We will report news on our pages, but we aren't saying that we're correct by any means. But also, we are not saying that we're wrong by any means as well. Before you click, I just would like to let you know that you can find us on various social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook Live, 1230 Eastern Standard Time, on the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast fan page. So please go like and share that as well. You can find us on Instagram, Real DSTM, on Twitter, Real DSTM1, and also on YouTube under Professional Sutton. We will be switching to the Don't Shoot the Messenger page on YouTube, but that's in the coming future. But again, thank you for tuning in. On behalf of the family, we appreciate you and hope that you come back and enjoy another episode. Ready? This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. This is Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. X about me. X about me. With professional Sutton. You already know. Chris G. My homie. And the Rucker Report. My family. What up? They for real. All straight with no chaser. Let the games begin. Let's go. Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast.
Welcome to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. I'm your boy, Professional Sutton. Now, this is a single solo podcast for me, as you can tell. I do it once a week. I try to get like a midweek podcast in because, you know, Sundays or Saturdays, which we will start, we'll, you know, we do the podcast and we talk sports. So I say, you know what? It's a Wednesday. Actually, it's it's a very long Wednesday, you know, for me. Had to work and it was a short week, but you know, have a lot going on and I'm in two weddings and just, you know, the whole rigmarole of just running around everywhere. So it's a lot, but things are definitely, definitely getting done. So I'm happy. I, I, I'm glad that things are going well. So speaking of going well, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott, he is Doing pretty well. He got that bag. He's getting that six-year, $90 million uh, contract extension with $50 million being guaranteed. Now, listen, I love it. I'm not a Cowboys fan, you know, as you may have known. I'm a 49ers fan through and through. But I love to see players get paid, especially NFL players. This is one of the most brutal, physical sports that's out there. So when you see players getting paid, I love that they can actually get compensated because I don't think people realize how much money they actually get when they actually, you know, get all this money. One, you got to, you know, you listen, they are Americans and they are people. You have to throw in taxes, taxes, especially where you are. You know, if you're in California, you're getting taxed very, very high. You're in a different tax bracket. But also, even if you're not in California, whenever you go, to another state, you get taxed. Like, you get taxed as if you are from that state. So whenever you play, you know, the IRS, the government, they say, listen, we need to make sure that you're paying this revenue because you played in a state, so we need our money. So when you look at the player making all this money, you probably can cut that in half because that player is only going to get half of that because you got taxes, you got, uh, you know, you got to pay into your escrow, which they'll get some of that back later on. Um, you also got to pay your agent. You got to pay your manager. You got to pay your lawyer. You got to pay your publicist. So your money is going out. So I don't mind when people say, you know, I need my money. If you add a job and you're working and you're doing a service, you should get paid. And I think that player should get paid. Now, some people look at me like, well, why should they get paid that much money? Look what they're doing. Just consider it. You know, what they're doing. You know, have you ever not been able to take a day off of work because you got to go to work? I'm sure some people have. And and listen, I'm not saying that, you know, a lot of people are not hard workers. But what I'm saying is these players are playing and they have to please millions upon millions of people. And they're not home all the time. They're on a road. They're traveling. And it's a physical sport. So with that being said, they should get paid. They should say, you know what? I want this. I need my money. And I love to see that Zeke is getting paid because that's going to set the standards higher for other players. Now, I know you think, you know, when you think of NFL, you know, you got to think of inflation. You got to think of all of that. But you know what? They need to be able to have a comfortable life, not only while they're playing, but also after. Like some of this money should be able to be used when Zeke leads the game, that money should be able to be passed down if spent right. If he has a good accountant, someone in his corner or people in his corner telling him the right things to do, that money should be able to be passed down. He should be able to live comfortably 
after his career. So I do not mind players trying to get, not trying to, but getting that money. I don't see a problem with it. Please get paid. You play at a high level. You have to be in top, tip top shape to play. You know, you just, it ain't like the lottery where lottery, you know, it's, it's a, it's a luck. Boom. You get the money. You're done. Like you still have to be in shape to make these millions of dollars. So please get all that you can. And what I said on the show and what I will continue to say is that this is a business. Like this is, this is their brand. These players are actually representing themselves and this is their brand. So they got to treat it as such. Like I have to make sure that my company, which is their body, which is their person, is getting the most amount of use, but also I'm getting the best, you know, profit for us, which would be me as an entity, as a subcontractor, because I'm I'm a contractor, whatever you want to call it. I'm 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 using my services. You know, you're utilizing my services as a team. So this is a business. Yes, I got to make sure that I'm making money. I got to make sure that I'm living comfortably. You know, I understand that this is a child's game. Let's be real. NFL, football itself is a very fun game. I played it for many years. I didn't reach the collegiate level, but I was able to play it at a good amount of time, you know, from middle school to high school. Again, I'm not playing as nearly as long as the guys that's in the NFL, but at the same time, I understood my worth and these guys they have to understand their worth because they have endorsement deals. So whatever they do, it represents them, their self, the entity. So they deserve to get paid and treat it as a business. And a lot of people, no, 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 I'm not going to say people. I'm going to say fanatics, man. A lot of these fanatics, they don't care about that. They're just like, I just, just shut up and play football. Well, what if somebody come in a job and tell you to shut up and just do what you're doing? You know, like, why are you complaining to the union about, you're not getting this done. We don't care. Just make you make the rooms, make the houses, make the burgers, make the parts for the car. That's all we care about. You make that, we're fine. How would you like if somebody tell you that? I'll wait. So the same applies to these players. Like these players should be getting paid because they are entertaining us. They are making sure that we are entertained. Think about that. Like, when people look at these players and they're like, oh, you know, they don't shut up and play or just be on my fantasy. Again, you're depending on someone to win a fantasy, you know, game or leagues. They still need to be compensated for their service because their service is not only is it on the field, but it's also semi-ish off the field for people that play fantasy football. But also, you know, they represent brands, you know, brands and they get sponsorships. So you want to have the best you when you're representing that brand, that logo, because guess what? That best you is going to bring the best dollars for you and your family. So fuck it. Get that money. You know, I don't have a problem with players holding out. I don't care. That breeds competition. You know, look at Tevin Coleman. You know, look at the Falcons. Look at what they did. You know, they're like, well, you know what? Next man up. That's fine. That breeds competition. You want to have players comfortable because guess what? If you're making money and if you're comfortable, the next man after me is going to say, you know what? I need to work harder. So if I'm working harder to get that spot, then guess what? That position is even better because we're pushing each other to be the best we can because I'm trying to make money. Like if you look at the Denver Broncos, they stay with a plethora of running backs. 
in their wheelhouse. Their wheelhouse was always stacked because you know why? They have players coming next man up, next man up, next man up. And that's what it has to be about. Look at the Patriots. Like the Patriots, like when you talk about a successful program, you got to look at the Patriots because it's always the next man up. Like I want the best you because the best you is going to bring out the best me. So that's why holdouts don't really bother me. You know, they really don't because, again, I played the sport and I'm looking at it from the aspect like a lot of people are like, well, they need to stop crying. Or should they? I mean, it is their right to say and do what they want to do because, again, at the end of the day, they have to entertain us. So why can't they be comfortable and why can't they have the best life that they want to live? And they're having the best life that they want to live. And I don't have a problem with that. And they should continue to have the best life that they live and live that life. Live that great, fabulous life. Because when we're home and we're rooting and your leg is hurting and your body is hurting, you need to be able to pull up in a nice-ass Jaguar or a nice-ass bin to a nice-ass house because you work for it. You know, the money that we spent watching you and rooting for you, telling you what to do on the field because you can't hear us, you know. But, again, it's entertainment, and that's what they're doing. So, Zeke, I love it. And I'm not even a Cowboys fan. Now, this is going to make it a little scarier, a little better for the Cowboys, if you will, because I want to know how is him and Dak going to be able to come together and play in jail as a team. Now, I hope they do well because I love Dak. You know what I mean? Like, I have a lot of Cowboy fans, Aaron Fleming, um, who really don't like Dak. And if you look at Dak's record versus Tony Romo's record in playoffs, especially getting there, like, how could you not like a player like that? Like, I'm just trying to understand how could you not like a player like Dak? And then you throw in Zeke, him and Zeke with that one-two punch. Now, Hopefully, Dallas said, you know what, Dak? You got the keys to the caddy now. You do your thing. We're going to sit here. We're going to chill. We're going to let you and Zeke work it out because you guys are going to bring us to the promised land. You know, Jason Witten came back to help out a little bit. Amari Cooper, he ready to play. So they got a, they got a solid defense. So I want to see what the Cowboys are going to do on offense. Now, this could dictate a lot. And Zeke coming back playing. I want to know, is he NFL ready for week one? Is he going to take a few weeks? I don't know. But what I know is since Zeke has been a part of the Dallas Cowboys organization, he has been on point. So he deserves all that money. Now, I want to see him and Dak connect on a good level. Troy Aikman, Emma Smith level. Because when you're talking about Zeke and what he can provide. Because when you're talking about getting six yards, five yards, he's getting that. When you're talking about getting big runs, he's getting that. Catching out the backfield, he is getting that. And guess who he has been doing it with? That's right, Dak Prescott. So I'm very interested to see how they're going to jail now that the money situation's worked out, now that they're getting their money, now that everybody's kind of nice, nice, because, you know, I know Zach, you know, Dak is looking like, yo, you know, hey, leave a little on a bone for me, you know. But Dallas Cowboys, if everything works out, and shout out to my boy Chris G, because he said it, they will be a very scary team. But again, how are they going to connect offensively with Zeke not playing or not having much 
preseason play, with him not being in, you know, uh, the workouts. I don't know, but I think he'll be fine. I really think he'll be fine, and I really hope he will be fine. Now, speaking of another player who's holding out, that's Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is holding out because he wants more money. He deserves that. He needs more. Now, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, Melvin Gordon isn't that good, right? I hear a lot of people saying that Melvin Gordon isn't that nice. But let me tell you something about Melvin Gordon. He is like fifth as far as running back, you know, yards. I mean, he didn't have over 1,000 yards this this season, but he still had the touchdowns. You know, he still was, you know, very productive on the offensive side of the ball. You know, uh, Melvin Gordon still provides that spark that the L.A. Chargers need. It still sounds funny saying L.A. Chargers, no matter how, you know, long they've been in L.A., but it, it, they're still the San Diego Chargers to me. But out of respect, they are the L.A. Chargers. But Melvin Gordon, he still has been very productive while he has been in L.A. And just so people can understand, right, let me let me pull up some of Melvin Gordon's stats. Melvin Gordon's stats. And I know that there wasn't trade rumors that the Eagles wanted Melvin Gordon, that they wanted to try to get Melvin Gordon over there in Philly. But L.A. was like, yeah, we need a little bit more. So this is this is this is Melvin Gordon's stats. So his first season, 2015, of course, he you know he was you know he came in as a rookie, 641 yards, 997 yards, 2016, 1,100 yards, 2017, and last season, 2018, 800. And 85 yards. But here's the but here's the thing, right? He had 10 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns. And when he had 1,100 yards in 2017, only had eight touchdowns. Now, his rookie season, I think that, you know, he was a little hurt. He was coming in. You know, he was still trying to find his way. He didn't have any touchdowns. But since that time, he's averaged at least nine touchdowns a game. A year. So people look at that like, well, that's not a lot. But guess what? That's a threat, especially in today's, you know, you know, with the NFL. Averaging over 1,800 yards in this NFL is, is, is pretty big, especially this past happy league. So I think like anybody, again, if you know your worth, you should get paid for it because he can go into a system and he can do a lot for a team again. Imagine him with the Philadelphia Eagles. He can get a lot done. Look at Joseph Ajayi. He came out of Miami, came to um, came to Philly, and he did his things. Didn't miss a beat. Darren Sproles didn't miss a beat. You know, so it's really it's really good to see these players are actually fighting for themselves. Because I love it. I really love when players fight for themselves, and I don't have a problem with it. I love when they fight for themselves. I love when they understand, like, yo, listen, this is my life. So you're going to respect me. You're going to do as, you know, what should be done. So shouts out to Melvin Gordon. You know, I'll keep you guys abreast and see what happened. You know, like I said, there was some trade rumors with him going to to the uh, to the Eagles. But, you know, we shall see. And we're also going to find out, you know, within a little bit um, how much that plays into what happens in the market. Like, a lot of guys going to hold up because they want big payouts. Of course they would. But we're going to see who guy, you know, what guys are next and what's going to happen. So, 
you know, shouts out to him. Now, fantasy football it is underway because Thursday, tomorrow, actually, by the time it's come out, you know, it'll be, you know, Thursday. The Bears versus the Packers. Now, I'm not really looking at that game. You know, like, that game is cool, you know. I mean, you know, that's the old-time rivalry, the Bears and Packers. But, you know, if if I had to choose a game, right, if you had to say, well, what game are you really looking forward to, looking at the schedule, I want to see the Rams and the Carolina Panthers. I want to see that because I want to see how is Cam going to play against a top-tier defense, you know? I want to also see how was the Ram- how are the Rams going to respond after that Super Bowl loss. Now, many call it embarrassing, you know, because the Rams were putting up some big numbers. According to a lot of people, they're supposed to be this very high-potent offense, but then you run to the Patriots. It was a soccer score, and the Patriots come out victorious. But again, it wasn't a blow-up. But the Patriots managed that game and they won the game. So I think that you got two teams here in L.A. and the Panthers who have a lot to prove to a lot of their pundits and also a lot of people who just feel that Cam Newton is old and he's over the hill. So I want to see that game. And that's the game I'll be, you know, looking out for. Of course, I'm a 49ers fan and, you know, I'll be looking at the 49ers versus the Buccaneers game. And we need this week one victory so bad. I mean, Jimmy G, last time we had him, he was unfortunately hurt. But hopefully he can come back and, you know, help us win some games. And, you know, we can we can have a good season. Even if we have a 9-7 and seven season, I'll be okay with that. I'll be all right. Especially knowing where we came from. So 9-7 and seven is not bad if you're a 49ers fan. So I can't wait to see that. And as far as fantasy football players, I would tell you right now, um, you know, I got Aaron Rodgers. I'm starting with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I told everybody in my if you listen to my other previous NFL fantasy football draft, get you a quarterback first. Quarterbacks are going to get you that money. Running backs are hit and miss. You don't know what they're going to do, you know, until they actually on the field. But you know, you're going to get that solid, productive uh, quarterback and that and that good productivity. That's what I was saying. You're gonna get that good productivity with a quarterback, no matter what. Even like a guy, like I say, Matthew Stafford. You know, fantasy football, he's going to get you those big numbers, even if his team lose. But guess what? He's going to get you the numbers and the productivity that you need to be successful. So nice little core around you, you know, and you know you'll be fine. You know you'll be fine. But I'll give you guys more updates on who to start, who not to start. You know. You know what you should do, who you should take, who you should drop in my next, you know, podcast on NFL fantasy football. Serena Williams, she's a beast. If you don't know, she faced Wang, which was yesterday, which would be September the third, and she beat her in forty-four minutes. Now I know a lot of people are like, "Well, that's Serena fashion," but forty-four minutes in tennis is like watching an NBA game that ends in the second quarter. That's how fast that is, and that's how dominant she was. I think that, you know, having that, you know, ankle injury, I think a lot of people count her out. Um, She had lost, you know, earlier in the year. So I think people just count her out. You know, she's getting older, but she has something to prove. And I think that her going for this 24th Grand Slam title, which would tie her, you know, with the most Grand Slam for a woman, is so phenomenal. And I don't think that we actually give Serena enough credit. 
um, all the time. You know, I know we do here at Don't Shoot the Messenger, but I don't think that a lot of people realize how great you have to be in tennis. And it might not be a physical sport where it's contact, but it's still physical because you got to hustle. You got to play on different types of court. You got your clay court. You got your, um, you know, your, your, your dirt court. And, you know, I'm sure that they practice on, you know, it's not cement, but a very firm type of, you know, surface. But you still have to be consistent through it at all. And Serena has been dominating for two decades or so. And she has been doing it since she was 15 years old. So when you look at that, I think that we take it for granted. Kind of like UConn women, kind of like the Patriots, you know, kind of like LeBron James. We take the athletes for granted because we're like, oh, they're supposed to win. And then when they don't win, it's like, what? You lost that something? Like, if you think about it, UConn women, they have a one-loss season, and people are like, oh, my God, that's horrible. You know, look at that. Most teams will love to get, shoot, uh, I don't know, if, to go 500 because, they, you know, they're, they just want to make progress. Like, the Patriots getting one loss is like, wow, that's bad. But that's how it is with Serena, and that's a testament to their prowess, how much they put into their sport, their craft. And that's why I love it because you have to really dig deep and say, I love this. Like, I will lose sleep. I want to win so bad that I don't want to lose. Like, your will to, your will to win is so great that losing hurts more than you winning. And that's what Serena plays like when she goes out there every single day, every single time she plays. And I'm sure she practices all the time because she's so great, not only in tennis, but just being an athlete, period. Just just, just the way she is so dominant. And we look at her as like, you know, what are you doing? Like, uh, you, you need to sit down. And then when she loses, like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then when she wins, like, oh, you won again? But again, that's a testament to how great she is. So I want to give Serena her flowers while she is alive because she deserves them right now. Her flowers, Serena Williams. I want to see her prosper. I want to see her be the best athlete. Not only female, but I want to see, I want her to be recognized as one of the best athletes because she's playing at the top of her game at the age she is right now where most people are on the decline. But she's actually you know, playing and getting better and solidifying her legacy even more. She could have retired three, four, five years ago, and she would have still been considered one of the best. But for her to do it at this level right now, facing adversity, oh, touche. I mean, you you get the utmost respect from me, and I tip my hat up to you, Serena. So shouts out to Serena Williams doing her thing. And I love it, man. I love it. And NFL... Is coming and I'm so happy. I'm sorry to just make that crazy fast segue. And let me let me let me finish that. Serena Williams, I love you. Keep doing your thing. Now, when the NFL I had to make that segment, things are heating up, man. Again, it's that time of year again. I'm so happy that's football, but then also you know that the winter time is coming, but that's okay because we still got some good days, we still got some good weather coming up. So I'm gonna try not to think about it too much, but NFL represents some of the best memories that I have. When you think of football, playing, just the smell of the grass, 
being able to feel the grass, beating a team, practicing, and that first day, that kickoff, that you know, you got that butterfly, that those those jitters, you don't know what's going on. You're ready to hit somebody. Not only physically, but mentally, you want to take this guy out of his game. You want this guy across from you to know that, listen, you shouldn't even show it up. Why are you even here? And you want that game to be won as soon as you leave that locker room. Because people don't realize that football is 90% mental and 10% physical. Because you win mentally. You win being a tactician. You win having less penalties. You win off the ball. You win in more aspects of being physical of being mentally prepared and physically trained. And now, of course, you need to be physically fit. You need to be physically trained. But to be the guy off the ball, man, to get that guy hurt early, that's what it's all about. And I love opening day. Everybody's fresh. Everybody's ready to go at it. You don't know who's going to win. Just that desire to just know. So shouts out to not only the NFL, but high school football that kicked off, college football, go Gators, got our first win against Miami, and also NFL, man. Can't forget Pop Warner, too. Can't forget Pop Warner because that's where it all starts at, you know, youth football. Not only Pop Warner, but, you know, they have so many youth football leagues. So youth football, period. I'm just going to put it like that. Football is upon us, so. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger. Please visit our Facebook page, Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. Also, check us out on Instagram, RealDSTM. I'm being a little more active up there, so holla at your boy. And also on Twitter, RealDSTM1. So follow us, share us. I'm also on YouTube, Professional Sutton. Check us out. If you want to hit us up on you know, iTunes, Professional Sutton. Highlight your boy. Don't shoot the messenger podcast. We love y'all. Peace.